1: from the Derek Duval Productions Bunker, it's Derek Duvall!
2: Hello, Duvall Nation. Hello. Hi, everybody. Hello. Thank you, everyone. Wow. What a welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Please sit. Thank you. Hello, Duval Nation, and welcome to the Derek Duval Show. <laughs> yes, we are back with another fantastic journey into the lives of extraordinary people. Before we get into the episode, I want to say a huge thank you to my last guest, Taylor Renault. What an absolute delight to have on the show, and I hope everyone got a chance to check out her popular YouTube channel, Yes No. If you haven't listened to it yet, I encourage you to do so after the conclusion of this episode. All right, folks, so welcome to episode 99 This is the absolute last episode to have double digits. That's right. All right, so we have a very special episode lined up for you today. We welcome to the show social media sensation, model, engineer, and so much more, Rachel Pizzolatto. That's right. The lady behind Beauty and Brains with a Twist comes on the show and gives us one of the most detailed and in-depth interviews about her early upbringing how she got into MythBusters Junior, her beauty pageant triumphs, her highly successful modeling career, so much more, folks. She is an absolute delight. I cannot wait for everyone to meet her. You know what? Let's just get her out here, Duval Nation. Please rise to your feet and welcome all the way from the Big Easy. That's right, New Orleans, Louisiana, model and social media titan Rachel Pizzolatto. <laughs> Rachel, hello. Welcome to the Derek All Show. How was the weather out by you today? Shoot.
0: Raining. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so I start my interviews off with the same question. That is, how has it been for you to navigate the COVID-19 pandemic?
0: It hasn't been terrible, actually. Um, you know, since everyone's been getting the booster shots and all their COVID tests that are necessary, I think everything's going to be okay. And that mandatory mask policy was definitely needed. So, you know, as long as people stay safe and do what they're told, then everything's going to be OK. It wasn't really that rough for me because, you know, a lot of my stuff is on social media and through these Zoom meetings and I could just do it from home. And so I kept my mask on and stayed safe and <laughs> lived my life.
2: We, I wish all of us could have been so lucky. So. <laughs> <laughs> so every journey has a beginning. Where were you born and what was it like growing up there?
0: Yeah, so I'm, I'm here right now in New Orleans, Louisiana. Growing up here, it was a little different, you know. I've been to almost every state in the country, and I've seen and experienced what other kids are like there. And it's a little harsher here.
2: So do you have any favorite memories from John Curtis Christian School?
0: Yeah, so one of my most favorite memories from the school, besides being bullied, (laughs) was definitely meeting my teacher, Miss Bookfall. She has always been kind of like a mother figure to me. I've been doing the International Science Fair for six years in a row, and she's always been there. She's helped me with any problem that I've needed, whether it be schoolwork, outside of school, or just anything. She's gone to all my pageants. She's literally like my support system. Mm -hmm. And she stayed throughout her retirement just to teach me junior year, and it was absolutely amazing. So if I wouldn't have met her, then I probably wouldn't wouldn't have been the scientist that I am today. I would have had that untapped potential that no one would have known of.
2: That's awesome. So at what age did you decide you wanted to get interested in engineering?
0: Yeah, so I started messing around with things when I was about five years old. Uh, My grandpa would take apart watches and clocks and we would put them back together and learn how all the mechanics worked. And then my dad's a landlord, so he really couldn't get underneath the the houses because he's a bigger dude. So (laughs) little old me would get underneath the houses, work on the pipes and do basically anything that he needed. And then he's a big handyman, so he taught me how to use all the tools, drills, rowdiers, saws, table saws, everything that you can imagine. I was... The girl, you know, the girl to go to. A lot of people call me the ultimate Rosie the Riveter. So Ah, I I love that because I spin that off. Rachel the Riveter. That is that is amazing. But yeah, it it all kind of just started from my grandpa and my dad. They taught me everything that I know. And then that led me to go to science fair. And that was my real love for STEM.
2: That's awesome. So tell us about the Halo invention.
0: Yeah, so the Halo really stemmed from my brother and my dad. They both need rehabilitation devices for their wrists, hands, fingers. They're both handymen, and my brother's a football player, 6'5", 325 pounds, so he's always needing rehabilitation devices for his hands, arms, whatever it may be. So basically, um, I built the Halo for the rubber band contest. It's a contest where you just build anything out of rubber bands. ta so um, I took my little science aspect and built the halo. So it basically has two pieces of wood and like 20 to 30 rubber bands. And it is the ultimate rehabilitation device for your wrist, fingers. Um, it can even be used for like your foot or any other joint that you need to rotate or have um, almost like physical therapy by yourself with this little mechanism. And then I ended up winning the rubber band contest and then had to make a little video on it. So I was like, okay, dad, test it out, do your thing. And he was like, oh my gosh, I absolutely love this. So I think it's not patent pending, but I think if it was, it could be something.
2: And how many patents do you have pending right now?
0: I have two patent pending inventions and um, they're both probably about three to four years of research each.
2: That's awesome. So that leads me into the next question is how did you land Mythbusters Jr.?
0: Yeah, so with the experiences from my grandpa, and my dad, and learning how to use drill, solders, routers, I started putting everything on my little YouTube channel, it was kind of cringe, but at the time, it was great, it was amazing, it was the best thing I ever had, so <laughs> um, I put anything out on there, you know, just showing my skills, I was a woman in STEM, well, a little girl in STEM, and I know a lot of people like to see that, so well, somebody saw it from the casting director or producer, whoever it was, and my dad got a phone call that he did not answer for three months. And then finally, on the last day of audition day, he answered the phone and this woman says, please, please do not end this call. This is a big deal. We love your daughter and we love her interest in STEM. We have an opportunity for you. And so basically he was like, okay, I'm skeptical. Tell me what it is. And then I came along, I was like, Dead. this is something big and so we started the auditions and literally that day we started getting moving and i made it through all four of the auditions and they just loved me i was a woman in stem and they liked that i was fearless and could do anything and had that kid-like experience as well and so basically the next day they flew me out to san rafael california and we just started mythbusters right then and there and i didn't even know if it was mythbusters until adam savage showed up on the show and i was like <gasps> Yeah. <laughs> no way so yeah it was it was amazing
2: what is adam savage like in person and what's the best myth that you have busted
0: yeah so adam savage is a big kid he loves having really awesome experiences but at a low risk sometimes uh, <laughs> but he does take those risks and they can they can be costly but on mythbusters it was basically just like a giant summer camp where you get to do anything that you wanted basically you can build anything you can do anything touch all the tools it didn't really matter as long as there was supervision but we would jump out of airplanes utilize like big glue traps and bow and arrows and and breaking down doors we would do everything legally that was uh, technically legal but (laughs) it was just amazing and my favorite myth it's definitely duct tape tires that was my first time driving a car It was amazing and I got to drive it wherever I wanted, how fast I wanted. So we were on Alameda runway and when I tell you, when I tell you Adam Savage went probably about 100, 120 miles an hour on duct tape tires, they were done. They were crisp, burnt, rubber all over the place and we were on rims. It was so much fun. But I don't think the episode really captured that fun you know it it didn't you didn't hear the rims you didn't hear like almost the flames of the duct tape tires i think oh if we had like behind the scenes that would be so incredible but i don't know i don't know where the behind the scenes went
2: (laughs) that's awesome you say you jumped out of airplanes did you bust the myth of gravity (laughs) so
0: we would throw buster out the airplane um or the helicopter so one of the myths that i was not on was um Can you create a duct tape parachute? So they threw Buster out of an airplane, or not an airplane? Nope, out of a helicopter, and that failed miserably. Nice. It was too heavy.
2: How far do you think women in STEM has come, and how much more work do you see that we have to do?
0: So I think I think women have made their impact so far. They have so much potential, and being in that field, I feel like the equality of women being in STEM is so close. We, we are almost there and men have been more accepting. And that's really the good part about it is because our views have been changed about what women are capable of and the equalness of women to men. So I can remember it was like, what was it? It was like 20% women to 80%. I don't remember, but I remember reading this statistic where it was like, drastically low women in either like the engineering field or science field compared to 80% men. But then you forward five years and it's 40, 60. We're so close to having that equal mark. But I feel like the people higher up, you know, not just the men on their level, but the men who are The CEOs or running these big companies need to just open their minds and have a different perspective because women see completely different than men. And that can be the kicker to, you know, creating a new medicine or creating a new invention that men did not see before. So I think we are getting there slowly but surely and we have made an impact already.
2: I've had other uh, guests who have been on my show who are also involved in STEM and uh, and STEM promotion. Uh, One of them was Abby Harrison, who is an astronaut candidate, Mm -hmm. and she was explaining, you know, just how far STEM has come at Mm -hmm. NASA and SpaceX and stuff like that. that I thought it was very interesting.
0: Yep, we're we're seeing more women every single day.
2: That's awesome. So your social media shows an affinity for martial arts. Mm
0: -hmm. Are
2: you into any particular disciplines, or have you ever thought about actually competing?
0: So. When I was like ten, I did like one class of martial arts. One, hated it, did not like it. Whereas my brother is a third degree black belt and he stuck with it. I just I don't know. It just wasn't my thing. It was a little too a little too strict. Whereas I am just crazy. You know, I will jump off of buildings and I started doing wall trampoline and I want to go skydiving and wing walking and just do everything possible. At one point, I wanted to join the circus. I'm a crazy woman, you know? So if at any point I have the chance to learn martial arts or like do a cool flip or into a, I don't know, something, I will take that chance. Even if Mm. it's wrong, I can have people tell me what's wrong and I could fix it in another video, but I've never taken a class besides that one. And I would just say that when I look at like a YouTube video or something that I want to do for my social media, you know, it kind of takes like two seconds. You try it, you learn it. And then there you go. I've never competed. I've never done anything. It's really just for social media, but the goal is to be a superhero Mm -hmm. and to, you know, act in movies and do my own stunts, meaning which the stunts don't have to be, perfect you know they're not going to be perfect every time and it's not going to be true martial arts so you kind of just have to fake it until you make it so i've been learning on the along the way about martial arts and karate and i've had a few people teach me what's right and wrong so we're getting there and i might even take another class
2: (laughs) so go ahead and tell us about the planet that's named in your honor
0: yes so (laughs) mit gifted me a minor planet which is Rachel Pizzolatto, 33, 187. They gifted it to me at Broadcom Masters. So Broadcom Masters is the International Science and Engineering Fair for middle schoolers. I won the team award for Broadcom Masters. I was very excited to walk across the stage. And and literally, they pick 30 people out of the whole country, 30 middle schoolers. So being able to walk across the stage is incredible. It was awesome. It was like the most surreal feeling ever since I've worked for five years on this one project. But, you know, I, I reached out to MIT. I was like, thank you so much for my minor planet. This is literally staying in my room for the rest of my life. And it's going to be displayed right to where I can see it every single day. And I can wake up and look at it. Um, but I don't know. It's just something people don't really have minor planets named after me. So I, I think that is pretty unique.
2: How far away is it?
0: <sighs> it's somewhere in the asteroid belt. I have no clue. <laughs> <laughs> but if you, if you look it up, you'll find it.
2: Fair enough. Okay, Duvall Nation, we're going to go ahead and take a small break, but we'll be right back with the conclusion of this interview with the mind behind Beauty and Brains with a Twist, Rachel Pizzolatto. May I suggest you take this time to refresh that drink and take some super long, deep breaths, you know, Cluzo style.
1: Out with the bad air, in with the good. Out with the bad air, in with the good.
2: Give a couple of friends of the show your attention, and we will be right back.
0: Hello, this is Erica, host and guide of the YouTube vlog Mon Jardin Au Quan. I invite you to join me as we explore the many joys of gardening, such as sowing seeds, raising plants, and the reward of harvesting. If gardening is something you're interested in, or you just want to follow my adventures and receive tips to help any novice break into starting their own garden, you can find Mon Jardin Au Quan on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. I look forward to having you hang out with me in my little garden on the corner.
2: In today's story,
1: I went in search of my mother. I found her, but I also found something else. That the man who had cared for me since I was a baby, who loved me as he would his own daughter, was just as much my
2: father as any parent could be. And so whether they are someone we were born to or whether they chose us to adopt, it doesn't matter. The ones who protect us and teach us and love us, they are the ones we call mother and father. And they deserve the same kind of love from us.
1: Until next time, Hi, it's Michelle Fabre and you can hear my new single Last Chance for Love on Spotify, Apple Music and all other streaming platforms. Last Chance for Love, Last Chance for Love. Can we make it? Just tell me so. Last Chance for Love, Last Chance for Love. Come on, let's take it
2: or let it go. Teachers, do you ever have these feelings? or have been told these things.
1: Do you want Kleenex for your classroom? Maybe you should think about buying your own, with your own money. You get the summer off, you can have a second job. Do you really need a pay raise? Oh, do you need to use the restroom? Maybe you can do that in the three minutes while students are changing classes. Boy, sure hope your room doesn't descend into Lord of the Flies in that time. Oh, things are going pretty good for one. Surprise!
2: Budget cuts. Well, you're in luck because we've got a book just for you.
1: Hi, everyone. It's Katie Kinder, educator, speaker, and author of Untold Teaching Truths. I invite you to purchase my book and join this journey as we talk about the wild world of public education. Part memoir, part strategy. It is available on BookBaby, Amazon, or wherever books are sold. Teach on Warriors. We've got this. X Radio X, we are two ex college radio guys who became ex professional radio guys who are now professionally guys in other professions. Tune in as we discuss music. All right, right there. Let's just stop right there <laughs> for a moment. Up. We don't. <laughs> let's just break down those three things. I feel like we're playing one of these things is not like the other, but the answer is every single one of these things is not like the other. That's right. The state of radio today. In the year 2525. 25. Oh, I love that you're singing. You're welcome. <laughs> and anything else that pops in our heads. See, you're you're stuck in an infinity loop if you don't take I the am. pill because then you'll never know to take it again. <laughs> it's not like hip hop. Good marmalade. Eh, spick and span. Great for cleaning. He
2: didn't say anything. Even if we come back, things will never be the same again. Dun 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 dun. It's the final (laughs) countdown.
1: I don't know that I. I can't. I can't with confidence say that I want it that way because that would mean I know what that way is. X Radio X. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Janae Sergio arriving. Hello, everyone.
0: This is Janae Sergio, life coach, combat veteran, and best-selling author. I invite you to purchase my new book, Perfectly Flawed, A Veteran's Journey from Homeless to Hero. In these pages, you will learn about the lowest struggles of my life to the absolute triumphs that have made me the strong woman I am today. Follow along as I talk about homelessness, my naval role in operation enduring freedom, navigating insurmountable odds, and how I dealt with and overcame them. You can find Perfectly Flawed on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or wherever books are sold.
2: Welcome back to episode 99 of The Derek Duvall Show. Let's get right back to it with the conclusion of our interview with social media sensation and trampoline master, Rachel Pizzolatto. So that brings us to one of your most popular jobs, and that is modeling. Mm -hmm. Where did the idea to become a model stem from? And then, you know, are there any favorite magazines you've done? You know, what's your favorite, you know, travel location shoot?
0: Mm -hmm. So, um, I I would say my modeling story started in a mall, to be honest. Some person came up to me and scouted me. And they're like, oh, my God, you are the cutest little girl. Let's do a photo shoot. I was like, okay, sure. So, the next day, we go to Harley-Davidson. And I'm in my little leather jacket, surrounded by these 30-year-old women who are women. And I'm like, seven, I don't know. So, I was always tall and lanky and cute little girl. So they put me right in the middle on a motorcycle with these 30 year old women surrounding me. And we were on the cover of that edition of Harley Davidson. So that kind of started the modeling aspect. And I kind of just went for it from there. So like New Orleans Fashion Week, Coastal Fashion Week, I, I did all the runways, all the print magazines. I started learning people's, you know. The photographers and then we get close then we start doing photo shoots and then they pitch you for magazines so one of the most memorable either photo shoots magazine shoots was definitely this past like few months in Jamaica so my dad and I took a risk and we went to Jamaica with our wonderful photographer Lance Houston and we got I think it was six magazine covers in the first month so that was a huge accomplishment. I've only had probably about ten in my whole lifetime. You know, being eighteen years old, ten is, is pretty good. But five or six in one month, that's incredible. And I'm actually being pitched for having a New York billboard. So there's some big things coming. And my love for modeling has always been there. And you know, being six one, come on now, come on now. How can you not do modeling being six one? So I kind of just stuck with it. But then the modeling also goes hand in hand with the acting. So if you become an actress, you're most likely going to become a model too. So that's that's really what I'm aiming for is to just do both. Do all my hobbies. And I'm also an actual trampolinist. So just go for it and make it all careers.
2: Fair enough. Yeah. So how hard is it to get established in the modeling world?
0: If you're not like scouted or like early on, if you're not passionate about it, then it can be very difficult. And I've never had an agent. I've never had like representation. I've kind of just always reached out to these people, try and find new opportunities, casting calls, different things like that. But a lot of opportunities do come my way because of the social media and they love to see tall girl confidence. So sometimes that just happens. But if you're, you know, 18, 19 and above, and you're trying to get into modeling, that can be so difficult. You have no connections, you have you know, you have to do all this research, but people do it all the time. And it really just show that hard work can have a really good outcome. You just need to be passionate about it, persistent and know what you want.
2: Beauty pageants seem to be in a popular avenue in your life.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: As I see, you were crown Miss Pelican State Teen <laughs> US. Tell us all about that.
0: Yeah. So this past month, I've went to my qualifying pageant for miss louisiana teen usa and i won miss pelican state teen usa i'm also the reigning miss sportsman's paradise teen usa so i have to give my crown up at the end of the month so sad (laughs) but i have been working in pageants since i was five i love being on camera i love being on stage sadly they do not have talent anymore oh I was, I was going to do this thing, you know, as a trampolinist. I was just going to take my European national trampoline and put it on the stage and be almost like America's Got Talent. That, that, I feel like that'd be so awesome. But the ultimate goal for my pageants has always been to be Miss Louisiana Teen USA or Miss USA, which goes to Miss Universe. So there's some big dreams here that have been developing since I was six years old. And right now I have probably about three to four hundred pageant titles to my name so (laughs) i'd say i'm the ultimate pageant girl but you know you win some you lose some and some days it's not your best days so you just got to learn from your mistakes
2: will you shatter a myth for me yes does every answer have to be i want world peace
0: absolutely not but i will tell you that my last answer kind of said that (laughs) i kind of did i kind of did i i was on stage and i told my bullying story because they said if you could change one thing in the world what would it be and i said hatred and bullying and then i told my backstory and i said well everyone would be filled with peace and love and that's all we want in the world so peace and love i you know i i'd say that is the answer to go for but they don't always go for it it depends
2: so what is the best advice now You're what? You said you're 18 right now? Yes. In your 18 years on this earth, what is the best advice that someone has given you?
0: So as a MythBuster, our only motto is failure is always an option. I feel like that is the best thing I've ever learned in my entire life. Because when you fail, you learn from your mistakes and you get to fix them in a way that you never thought you would. So I fail a lot. A lot of people just don't see it. But yes, I fail a ton. And I like failing and it makes me feel humble that I have the opportunity to do that. And I get to just do new things and and be courageous and have creativity and just be who I am. So do not be afraid to fail because you will learn so much about yourself that you never knew. And then I always have this thing where it's like, just go for it. Like like Nike says, go for it and and. Dream big, because no dream is too big to accomplish. If you want to be an astronaut, be an astronaut, period. But you can basically do anything if you put your mind to it. So just go for it and dream big, and you can reach the stars, like actually.
2: That builds off a question I was going to ask you a little bit later, but I'll just ask it now, is why do you think people, regardless of age, are terrified of failure?
0: Well, and at one point in my life, I was terrified of failure, too. I was you know, valedictorian, straight A's, I, I I, was doing everything in my possession to be the best person that I could be. But I was failing at other things along the way, which I didn't even realize I was losing friends, I was becoming, you know, hated almost for for doing all this stuff. And so I feel like people are afraid to fail because there are stereotypes, and they want to fit in, and and I wanted to fit in for the longest time. And so I basically stopped doing what I was doing and I fit in. But I wasn't doing what I wanted. I was so unhappy being in a stereotype and fitting in with this click that after like a year, I was like, this is not me. I need to be true. Myself and I need to just do my thing. If people hate me or jealous or or I lose friends, okay. Okay. Now I'm going to have fake friends, which is so sad, but I do. And they want to come back into my life because I've been successful now and I've tried to reach my dream. Mm. And 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 people don't have that desire sometimes. Sometimes people are so stuck in a box, but they have this desire and they can't get it out because of the stereotypes. And so they're afraid to just do their thing and they don't need to be.
2: You know, it's amazing in, in the last hundred years in this country, and beside the results also the world, you know, around the 1930s, we used to champion, you know, intelligence and mm-hmm. logical thinking, and mm-hmm. somehow in that in the next couple of years, the next decades, the lines got blurred, and we we started belittling it and and mm-hmm. making fun of it. I'll never understand that.
0: I will never understand it either. And and a lot of people thought just because I was smart, I wasn't, you know, cool. That <laughs> I think I think intelligence is the coolest thing you can have.
2: So your social media also shows us that Comic Con. Is one of your playgrounds mm-hmm. and to be fair your costumes are on point
0: oh thank you so,
2: so what do you enjoy about the conventions and are you a paid cosplayer
0: so i am not technically a paid cosplayer or a professional cosplayer i kind of just do it because i like to do it i like dressing up as a superhero and i like having that either one day or two days of just feeling different and just having Having that superhero experience that you can't normally have on a day-to-day basis. <laughs> so, yeah, I've dressed up as Electra, which is my newest one. I'm so excited to be her. Um, I got that one professionally made. Um, could, could I just could not. I could not buy it off of Amazon. No. So, I got that one <laughs> professionally made. And then we were doing Catwoman, Tomb Raider, and of the Riveter, a bunch of other ones. But um, I go to the Comic-Cons because I love them. And because I love the people there you know there's a lot of stereotypes that oh comic cons eh, yeah it's nerds okay Mm -hmm. we are the coolest nerds out there trust me we are the coolest nerds out there and i definitely identify as a comic-con cosplayer for sure so it's just one of my loves and i've always been passionate about it
2: you know it's amazing and like i said i I have a considerable number of years on you i remember when i was living in california was in the navy San Diego Convention Center right across the Bay so to go every year and it was before and I always say this back when I was going in 2003 2004 you could walk right up buy a ticket and just go on in never had to worry about it and then something happened and I, I can pinpoint it exactly where it happened Twilight came along when Twilight became part of Hall H you couldn't buy tickets anymore and comic-con San Diego comic-con has built off of that to the point where now tickets are about three years out now i think or something like that to mm-hmm. get a ticket
0: yeah unless, unless you are know somebody you're, or your grandfathered
2: in or something like that exactly and i haven't been back since 2004 and i have friends my best friend the whole world goes every year that's when that i was it?
0: born oh god <laughs> <laughs> ah, 2004, oh, I just went, wow I, I i try and go every year and i've been for the past two or three years yeah. so it's been incredible, but very strict. Oh yeah. Three years out for sure.
2: Yeah. I do have to ask you one thing, and this is the part of your social media that I've quite enjoyed. Mm -hmm. Tell us about your love of the trampoline (sighs) because that is so much fun and I want to do it one day.
0: Mm -hmm. So I am a national champion trampolinist. Um, I've been to the junior Olympics a couple times, probably about five or six times in my lifetime. Um, I won twice. Um, and so I've been doing trampoline since I was about six or seven. I started off as a trampoline and tumbler, but I was like six or not six foot. I was like five, eight mm-hmm. when I was like eight. It was, it was, I was, I was, I was tall. <laughs> I was really tall. So being that tall and trying to tumble, it was a little difficult. Cause I was like a string bean. I was skin teeth. <laughs> um i don't think i had enough muscle to like fully rebound off my arms so i did that for a while i did tumbling and i love tumbling but i don't think it's made for me but i found my love for heights so then i was like okay trampoline that's it's we gotta do it so i started trampoline and i was literally the only trampolinist at my gym for five years my my coach in the last few years of me competing actually quit because he was being pulled around so much and so i trained myself for two nationals and i got second place and got first place and i think you know if you're so dedicated to a sport and if you have some you know if you have some complications you can always figure it out as long as you're so passionate about it and i've been doing trampoline wall i have never heard of this besides somebody coming into my dms being like hey you're in la let's do some trampoline walls like oh so some wall trampoline trampoline wall." i don't even know what it's called but after three days i was getting my back pull over i was i was excelling as they said and then we started doing TikTok trends and then we started <laughs> you know putting on music behind it and everybody loved it it was actually one of my um Close to most viral videos. I got um, I think it's like 25 million views on TikTok. And my most viral video was actually my first video in high school, and it was 50 million views.
2: That's insane. Yeah. Uh like I said, the wall trampoline thing. I yeah. I, I I honestly I've been googling around all crazy, like anywhere local with me, not a chance. But uh it is on yeah. my list. It's on my list one day to do it. I got I have to do it
0: it's crazy i didn't even know it worked like that i i only knew like trampoline just jumping up straight right. and, you know going up going down no you can you can have walls you can have this you can have that jump off a building you could do that i was like oh my goodness okay let's do it so That's no awesome. no no task is too big for rachel no
2: task <laughs> well speaking of that the task of being a published poet with the poem i wonder how often do you write in any plans to publish any more content
0: yeah, so I've always been kind of like a writer. As a creative person, I do love, you know, my calendars and being organized and just writing down all my thoughts as I should. So, you know, I, I had throughout high school, I had a bunch of poems. I had a bunch of writing material that I had nothing to do with. You know, I I had I had nothing that I could just submit to. And then I found a few things online. And I was like, TV is good enough. So I just submitted to it, thinking nothing of it, thinking that my writing was mediocre. And then I won a bunch of poetry and, and writing achievements. And I was like, okay, maybe I'm pretty good at this. So yeah, I, I have been a published poet since ninth grade. And yeah, I plan on publishing my own book.
2: That's so,
0: awesome. So I'm actually working on finishing my book on me and trying to achieve all of my goals and my struggles and and what has happened throughout my life. So that's going to be coming out in the next few years.
2: That's awesome. All right. So this next phase of questions is something that I am personally very interested in because I've had other guests who are also the same thing. They are strong content creators on social media. Mm-hmm. I've had everybody from Blonde Brewer everybody on. So my question to this is: You yourself have an incredibly strong social media presence. How demanding is it for you to be a content creator?
0: So as a content creator for me, a lot of what I post is actually what I do throughout the day. And a lot of people make skits or like have to plan out what they post, when to post and what type of content, whereas my content, a lot of people just like to see me. So it doesn't really matter what I'm doing, whether it's trying a new TikTok trend or jumping off of a cliff in Jamaica or just doing a silly dance. I can post absolutely anything that I want and people love to see it. So I would say my Instagram followers are so supportive. So, 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 so supportive. I can literally post a video of me doing absolutely nothing and people will just be so supportive. Whereas TikTok, TikTok is a little bit more demanding because you actually have to have a time and figure out your niche basically. So my niche is kind of all over the place because it's beauty and brains with a twist. It's basically what I do on a daily basis. And so I post what I feel like people are going to love, um, whether it's trampoline or just flipping or posting modeling or just photos of me. It doesn't really it really depends. But I I think of TikTok and Instagram and social media as more of like a hobby that I just do every day because I love to do it.
2: Interesting. So that's another question I want to ask is, you know, when your life is on display for the whole world, how do you keep your mental health in check?
0: Let's see. I've always been a generally like healthy and happy person. So as long as there's not too much hate, you know, I haven't gotten to that point where it's just too much hate to just pull me down. I also have my dad who is kind of like my dadager and goes through a lot of my DMs and make sure there's nothing that I can see that's going to like put me down. So with his help, I have just had a lot of support. And so there's been nothing really that people can get to me about because either it's lies or it's hatred or it's whatever. But I'm a happy person so it's very very difficult for me to get down and in my fields and i have a lot of friends online so i go to them when i need help but my family is like the ultimate number one when it comes to mental health
2: that's awesome because my next question was basically how do you deal with trolls and creepy people yeah. and stuff yeah. like that
0: so um my brother he obviously you know if he sees anything he'll call me and be like hey rachel eh, go through this and then my dad being my dad a jury, he He just goes through everything and makes sure everything is nice and perfect for me. That's awesome. Um, So I I really have never had any like huge problems like that.
2: That's good. Uh, Others have not been so fortunate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So as we start to into the final stage of the interview, uh, I always like to ask one fun question, and that Mm is: Are there any shows or music you're into, and what do you like to do to relax?
0: Yeah. So obviously I love writing and I love planning. This is like a weird obsession of me, but I have my calendar right here. And like when I'm bored, I just open up my calendar and <laughs> I plan things. I'm also obsessed with pens. So if anyone messes with my pens, they are dying. So <laughs> um, I, I like watching TV and I like um, learning about new things. Random thing about me, I love climbing trees. It's I I don't know. It's just a cool thing about me. I like climbing trees. I like doing parkour. I like just going outside and finding like a, a task or like um, something that I need to just do and just doing it. You know, there's no task too big for Rachel. Um, so there's just a few other things that I like to do to relax, which is just take a nice bubble bath, take a nice bubble bath and take time for me to just, you know, chillax and laying my bed and makes a really nice meal i like to go out with friends and just have some me time and i think that is very necessary for someone who does basically everything you know like the beauty and brains with the twist and the social media a lot of things can get kind of get to me so just taking that time to just slow down and relax and really have me time is definitely what i love
2: awesome so what is next for rachel i hear Is uh, is MIT a possibility?
0: So I'm actually going to LSU because there's an online program that also has engineering. So they do have a very good engineering program. And I also get tops when you stay in in Louisiana. So that is scholarship money. Um, If I went anywhere else, I wouldn't get that. So there's just a lot of opportunities that if I didn't go to LSU online, I just would not get. So that is in the future. Well, I'm starting basically this month. So that is happening soon. Um, I plan on getting my two patent pending inventions patented. So one is on um, vertical axis wind turbines that I've created when I was in sixth grade. And then the most important one that I'm so passionate about is NFL helmet technology. It basically reduces your chances of concussions, head trauma, and the slushing of the brain does not happen anymore. So, you know, trying to pitch that to the NFL, trying to create my own business or company or doing something big with that, that can be impactful and help everybody, not even football players. But, um, you know, construction, military, aerospace, aeronautics, basically anyone in that field can utilize my technology. So getting those two patent painting designs patented is definitely the next step forward. Um, I also have for the trampoline, I plan on going to the Olympics in 2028 or 2032. Um, I am trying to find some new coaches so that I can get to that next level and, and not like die every time that I fall off the trampoline, but, (laughs) but, um, that's definitely a goal of mine. And then I also have a few opportunities in TV and some movies that, that I can't really talk about that are happening. So hopefully in the future, we can actually fulfill the superhero beauty and brains with a twist.
2: Fair enough. So as we wind down, what is the best way for my listeners to follow your adventures online?
0: Yeah, so I'm very active on social media. So Instagram is Beauty and Brains with a Twist. My TikTok is Rachel underscore Pizzolatto. My Twitter is Twist 2112 And my YouTube is just my name, Rachel Pizzolatto.
2: Awesome. All right. So I end my interviews with my favorite question. And the question is this. If the entire planet was listening to this broadcast, what would be the one thing you want to say to the people of Earth?
0: Dream big, <laughs> people of Earth.
2: That's awesome. Rachel, thanks for taking the time out of your incredibly busy schedule. This has been an absolute blast.
0: I've had a blast, too. You're, you're really cool.
2: I like Oh, you. Well, thank you. That's the nicest thing someone said to me in the last 12 hours.
0: Thank <laughs> <you> so- <laughs> I love that.
2: I love that. You're so All right. awesome. Thank you. Thank you. And just like that, Duval Nation, we come to the end of episode 99. You know what? I want to thank Rachel for taking the time out of her absolutely incredibly busy schedule to speak with me. Hands down, one of the nicest guests I've ever had on the show. Also, of note, this is the first episode where we had a production error, and the first 10 minutes of the interview were not recorded. And Rachel was a great sport. We had to go back and re-record the beginning, which is why you heard a bit of laughing during the opening questions. But in the end, it came together like magic, and it's one of my favorite interviews. Like myself, I know that all of Duval Nation joins me in wishing her all the best for her future. All right, so this is episode 99, which means after a long wait, we are about to jump into the centennial episode. Episode 100 has an absolutely incredible guest, and I cannot wait for you to meet her. Believe me, this is one of the most incredible gets in the history of the Derek Duvall show. And it's kind of put us on the map if you want to sort of speak. Look for that episode very, very soon. I also want to say a happy belated birthday to Mrs. Duvall. We had a great time celebrating her birthday this week. Plus, we made a trip to Pahuska to visit the Pioneer Woman's Mercantile Restaurant. If you enjoyed the show, I highly encourage you to make a trip there someday. The food is divine. Have you had a chance to check out our store on TeePublic? We have everything from magnets, stickers, and mugs. Plus, we have a carefully curated collection of T-shirts put together by myself and Mrs. Duval. Be sure to go to our website, com. Look on the banner on the left that says Merch. Click that, and you'll be taken to our store on TeePublic. And we want to thank TeePublic for being such great partners. All right, so on behalf of the entire team here at the Derek Duval Show, I want to say to each and every one of you listening, thank you for continuing to support this show. The feedback we get on every episode is a driving force behind what we do here. Nusta, God bless, and see you next time. Planet Earth.
1: This has been a recording of the Derek Duval Show, and we thank you for listening. Please go to our website, DerekDuvalShow.com, to explore past episodes and find links to purchase merchandise. Please subscribe to our social media channels on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Derek Duval Show.